Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you my ransom, my ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalm 121. And if you don't, these verses will be on the screen for you. But I am urging you today to try to focus. When your focus leaves you, I want you to gather it back in and say, lock in, focus, hear something today so you get more out of coming to church than just the ability to say, eh, I went to church. No, it's good to go to church, but it's better to hear God's specific word for you while you are here. In Psalm 121, verse 1, the Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Where Does Your Help? come from. Pray with me. God, thank you for being our help. Thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your spirit. And I ask you right now, God, to anoint me with the Holy Ghost to say the things that would honor you. God, I pray that you would touch my mouth and my mind and teach us what you would have us to know. Lord, I pray for each person under the sound of my voice, God, that you would save the lost, recover the backslider, and encourage your children by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I love the book of Psalms. I hope that you spend some time in that book. If you ever find yourself struggling, discouraged, or depressed, you ought to spend some time reading in the book of Psalms. It will bring you joy. It will bring you perspective. It will help you to see the bigger picture. But this morning, we're going to look at a couple of verses, and I want you to grab hold of what God has for you. This is a message right into my life because I have had to look diligently over the past couple of weeks. I've got in my notes, I just, I throw bullet points in my notes and then I just ramble and chase rabbits and talk until God says something. It's okay to say amen. Uh, In my notes, it says, I have had a tough week. Dot, 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 dot. That's how my bullet points go. I'll, I'll throw something down and I'll just dot, dot, dot. That means just, just ramble till you, till, you, till you move on to the next part. Please don't copy that because you, you Nancy's like, oh, definitely. You, 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 you don't want this guy rambling until he unrambles. Uh, <laughs> inside joke. That's funny. Y'all are missing it out. Show up more. You'll get all these inside jokes. But so it says right here, I have had a tough week. Dot, 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 dot. But as I look at that and I think, that's less than honest. I've had a really tough week, but that even doesn't tell the whole story. And I, as I said that, and, and this is why it's important how you, you, you watch what you let into your gates, your eye gates, the things you look at, your ear gates, the things you listen to, your mouth gate, the things that you take inside of you because it never goes away. It never goes away. It's, I, I have people say, well, Pastor, I wish I could remember Scripture as much as you do, but I don't have a good memory. That's not true. You've lied to yourself 
in that frame. You've got a memory that was created by God. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and you've memorized lots of stuff in your life. You, you might have trouble accessing it all, but it is in there somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Any, I could sing half of any song, and you'd finish it. Whether Christian, him, whatever, not all of you would, but many of you would. I, I, one song jumped in my head when I said it, it's been more than a, a tough week. It, hasn't, it feels like it hasn't been my day, my week, my month, or even my... What y'all doing watching so much TV? You're supposed to be Christian. But that's the song out of, out of a popular TV show, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel that way. Anybody else? rest of y'all can go back to sleep because everybody goes through ups and downs. We all have good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days. Some days are just crushing, um, and other days are exhilarating. But I want you to know through it all, if you're born again, you have a God that you can turn to. I want to just be very transparent with you today. Uh, I need help. Those, you're, you're, you're the ones that can get it because until you accept that reality, you will continue to struggle, you will continue to fight, you will continue to try, and you will sadly continue to fail. If we could fix ourselves, we'd all be fixed. That's why you need to quit nagging people about drinking. You need to quit nagging people about drugging. You need to quit ma- nagging people about uh, smoking and hoeing and whatever it is that they're doing that's all a symptom of their need for God. You need to encourage people unto God and let God fix them. There's a biblical expression that comes from a a fishing mindset, and uh, many times it's been said that the church, in many ways, is guilty of trying to clean the fish before you catch them. People out there trying to clean their lives up. Well, once I, once I quit this, once I quit that, once, once we stop doing I've had people tell me, Pastor Scott, I don't feel like I can come to church uh, while I'm shacking up. Sure you can. Absolutely. You ought to come to church while you're shacking up. Um, and, and, and then the deeper reality is, well, I'm scared that if I come, God might tell me to move out. That's between you and the Lord. But if you try to get... Your, your husband, your wife, your spouse, your partner, your friend, your family members, to clean their act up before they come to God, you've got it all in reverse. We need the Lord to fix us. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, and I am, in, I am in need of the Lord uh, th- this week, this month, this, this year. It has been just uh, crazy after crazy. Anybody besides me? I don't raise your hand if you don't mean it, but I mean... Oh, I, I, I know some of y'all, y'all, y'all been going through some stuff that, that would just, uh, you know, make a preacher drink vitamin D milk um, or Hennessy. I mean, whatever, uh, Zephyr Hills water, best y'all know. What if somebody put something different in their water and made everybody think that they were drinking water? Now all y'all are thinking checking that water it's water but it's been it, it it's been a tough time in many ways 
Uh, and and here's the thing: if if this if that doesn't pertain to you, if you're like, well, I don't know what y'all bad mouthing about. I'm on top of the mountain. I'm I'm always ahead, never to tell. Always above, never beneath. I'm blessed and highly favored. My life's so good. If there's any better, I have to be twins just to hold it all. <coughs> if you walk around with that type of Christianese in your mouth, if you walk around spewing out that type of silliness, you ought to take a few months off of church. What kind of preachers? I didn't say take time away from God. You're just hanging around the wrong people. I, I've had pe- I had a guy one time, uh, he came in to church. He didn't come that often. Uh, his wife had told everybody, pray for the family. My, my husband's struggling. Uh, we, we're behind on our bills. We're about to have our lights turned off. We got eviction notice uh, yesterday. I, he came in. I hugged his neck. I said, man, good to see you. How you doing? He said, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, Pastor. God is so good. And I'm thinking, because I got a pocket full of money. And I was here to help you. But you told me it's all good in the neighborhood. So I just had to tell his wife, you know, my name's Paul, and that's between y'all. Don't act like everything's perfect when it ain't, because here's the reality. If you don't admit something's going on that you need help with, you're just going to keep drowning. And there's too many people drowning. And we need to figure out, and I want you to be very honest today. I want you to figure out where your help truly comes from. In, in verse 1 of Psalm 121, the Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. I love the King James Version of the Bible, but sometimes there's a language gap because we don't speak in 500-year-old language anymore, and that's why I also like to read. I usually read between 8 and 11, 12 different versions of whatever text I'm looking at to try to get a consensus because uh, it's all being translated from Hebrew and and Greek mostly. Uh, But this verse is problematic in the King James Version because of the punctuation. I've told you, you, the whole time you've been coming to this church, no matter how long you've been coming, I've been telling you, pay attention to the punctuation when you read. It will help you understand the text. That's Bible. That's anything. It will increase your comprehension if you pay attention to the punctuation. In this particular case, in the King James Version, Psalm 121, 1, there is an improper punctuation at the end of the verse and you say, oh, well, then we can't trust God. Listen, punctuation, chapter, verse, title headings, all that was added after the fact. Could you imagine if I said, turn in your Bible uh, to where it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, and, I, and we didn't have Psalm 121 as our reference point? We'd spend the whole, we'd spend the whole hour just, just hunting that verse. But there should be a different punctuation at the end of this sentence, and most other versions have a question mark instead of... A period, and most Bible scholars agree that the end of verse one is a question separate from the first half of verse one. So I want you to think about that question today from whence cometh my help, or where does my help come from? In a different translation of the Bible, verse one says, I look up to the mountains, does my help come from there? Now, that's a much more literal translation of the Hebrew 
uh, original language. And culturally, in that Old Testament day and time, people looked to the hills or to the mountains for strength. Say strength. I've told you this many times. One of the things that made the uh, Christian religion, the Hebrew religion, different from the other religions that were active on the planet is they were polytheistic and Christianity is monotheistic. They believe in many gods. We believe in only one God. And I hope that you can at least agree that there's only one real God and the rest of it is just foolishness. Uh, the word idol literally translates to no God. I think that's a bigger slap in the face than what we con- consider an idol. If you tell me, well, my, my God is the, the God of uh, Hinduism, and I would be glad to share with you how Jesus taught and the Bible declares that that is an idol that you are worshiping, not as regard to a little statue, a little tiki doll, or a totem pole, but your God, if that's your God, your God is a no God because that God doesn't even exist. The Bible says there's only one true and one living God, and Jesus is the only way that you can get to him. That's, that's problematic in the age of diversity, equity, inclusion. That's problematic in a day and age where everybody gets a participation trophy. That's problematic in a day and age where everybody's supposed to have the same stuff. Listen, that, this, this whole concept of everybody's supposed to finish in the same place and we all ought to get, get a trophy and all get rewarded the same way, that's anti-Christian on its face. If you, look at, if you look at the Bible, you'll see even in the parable of the talents, one was given five, one was given uh, two, three, and one was given one. And God said the one didn't do a good job. Take, it, take what Lily has and give it to the one who has the most. Uh, let me tell you what that sounds like. That sounds like free market capitalism. That doesn't sound like socialism or communism because you won't find those theories taught in the Bible. Oh, see how everybody got tense right there? Well, I just believe the government ought to give us all $25,000 a month so we can all live big. If the government gave everybody $25,000 a month, rent would be $24,900. Cars would be $350,000. Y'all going to have to do something about McDonald's. Y'all hit me hard the other night. I, I, It's just... I'm going to be 60 this summer. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to be 60 years old. If you're anywhere near my age, I can't explain to you how painful it is to walk into McDonald's by yourself with a $10 bill and then have to put that back in your pocket and hand them a credit card. How? How? It's not just McDonald's. I like to pick on Shonda, but I, 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 I love her. I love McDonald's. I love the McDonald's app. I'm a little disgusted with Popeye's right now, though. Yeah, $10.31, what McDonald's just beat me in the face for yesterday. One person. That's not real in my mind because in my mind, I'm still 18 years old going to the new McDonald's on Normandy Boulevard getting a $2.99 value meal. Does anybody remember life in America? If you know anybody under, under 20, li- listen, Alex, there's no dollar meal in your future. There's no dollar menu in your future, bruh. None. 
There's nothing you can buy for a dollar. You used to be able to get a drink, a fries, two cheeseburgers on Wednesday. How many people know what I'm talking about? Listen, times are hard. Even at me. Hey, but Popeye's is on a different level. I went to Popeye's a couple of weeks ago. I thought, you know what? I'm going to shoot up into Popeye's. Popeye's the best chicken in the world. Uh, they can almost have it at this point. I didn't get this fat not eating, but I figure a three-piece uh, as, you know, a, a, almost a woman's meal. Ain't I right? I mean, well, you know how we eat. We, we get it in. Uh, Elder Jimmy and Sean and I, we went to lunch this week, uh, and, and two out of three of us got it in. You can look at our belly size and tell which two I'm talking about. <laughs> eat a little every now and then. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll keep it light because a four-piece meal it's just better than a three-piece meal, yeah? But I thought, okay, I would just get a three-piece. That's basically the cheapest thing on the menu. $13.39 later, I was about ready to just get, hand it back to them. $13 for a piece of chicken? You're like, Pastor, you need to get out more. No, I get out all the time. I'm just still shocked by it. it th- th- this is the dilemma of old age. When Gail was alive, we used to go to dinner with her mom and dad every Thursday night uh, to Salty Seafood on uh, Lane Avenue near San Juan, uh, next to Uncle Charlie's restaurant. Every Thursday night, we would go in there, and it didn't matter what the bill was. If, if, if her dad was paying, uh, I always knew I had to linger by the table to leave a tip because he was, he was $3 is enough to death. That's his, that's his mantra. Anybody ever known any old people tipping? They're like, hey, three dollars is a lot of money. I'm like, you can't. <laughs> we just spent eighty bucks. You can't leave three dollars as a tip. I got to be able to show my face. So I, I would put a little extra down on there. Uh, it's no better for young people. Anybody ever try to get a tip out of a teenager? <laughs> I've had teenagers tell me they're so rude at that restaurant. They, they give me slow service. I because your whole generation gives them slow tips. But life is changing, and I'm at that age now where I'm, I'm starting to see stuff like, wow, I've officially crossed over now because I, I just don't believe fast food ought to cost more than $10. Anybody but me? All right, so listen. But if that was the least of my worries, we'd have a different message this morning. We, we, we got a message about uh, me needing help, and the Bible says the trouble that's in me is in my brethren throughout the world, so I want us to find out where as believers we can get real help in uh, newer translation psalm 121 says i look up to the mountains does my help come from there i've been telling y'all for years that the polytheistic uh, culture during that time they looked to many gods they had gods for everything god of the sand god of the trees god of the ocean god of the lake god of the pretty fish god of the ugly fish i mean they just had it all but they felt like the God of the mountains was the strongest God. And so when they would talk about being desperate for help, they would say, look to the mountains because the God of the mountains will help you. Um, Look to the hills. Um, And and it's funny, in Florida, we call everything a mountain. If it's taller than the curb on the side of the road, it, it looks like a mountain to a Floridian. Uh, you, you get up into Ocala, you start seeing this, and you're like, holy cow, look, look, look at all this going on. That's what the most 
cities look like. Florida, especially North Florida, is flat as a pancake. But they would say, look to the God of the mountains because he is the strongest strong God. And if you read it, put it back up in, in the King James for me. If you read it, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. It sounds like the psalmist is saying, my help comes to the hills, and that's why I'm looking there. But put it in a newer version, and you'll get a better rendering of it. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? Totally different concept. The psalmist understood, my help doesn't come from where society tells me I get my help from. See, all of society was saying, look to the mountains. And, and society doesn't tell us now to look to the mountains for our help. They tell us to look to other places. And I want to talk to you about that a little bit because it's important that you leave here today knowing where you can get real help. People in today's world, we look to all different types of places, to people, to things for help. We, people look to drugs. They look to alcohol. But I want to tell you this morning, those things and those people and those resources can only bring temporary and limited help at best. Listen, if those things worked, everybody would be doing it and nobody would have any problems. How, how many of y'all know people who try to get all their help from human beings come up short? And then they're like, y'all ain't trying to help nobody. Church ain't about nothing. Uh, Listen, your help doesn't come from church. Your help comes from God. If you go to a church that exalts God, some of that can rub off on you, and you can get some help by and by. We need more help than people, places, things, and chemicals can give us. Think about it. Don't answer out loud. That's for Wednesday night. Some of y'all ought to come on Wednesday night. We have open discussion, interactive Bible study. We, we talk it out and, and slow it down a little bit. But I, I'm not going to take time to let you answer out loud. But I want you to think, when you go through a rough time, what do you turn to first? Uh, we, we, we all have heard that song, or most of us have heard that song, looking for love in all the And that's what we do. We, we look for love, we look for acceptance, we look for help in all of the wrong places. I don't know what you turn to first. I can tell you what most people turn to first. They turn to resources, they turn to friends, they turn to secular humanism, they turn to ideology, they turn to drugs, alcohol, they turn to anything that they can touch, say touch. Because they want to be able to touch it and see it, and the reason why so many people don't turn to God is lack of faith. Every real Christian in the room ought to say, ouch, because that is the reality that we are living under. Jeremiah 17, 5, the Lord says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Anytime where you're relying on something other than God, you're turning away from God to help you. If Elder Jimmy was to say, uh, and, and y'all check with him after service. He might, uh, he might not. But if he was to say, I'm going to give everybody a $20 bill who asked me for one. Raise your hand so they know where to find you. Um, if he was to say, I'm going to give everybody a $20 bill who, who asked me for it um, after service. And I, was, and I said, 
God's going to give you all the help you need if you ask him for it before the end of service. How many of y'all know there'd still be people looking for the $20? We trust in the wrong thing. And God already said you cursed when you put your trust in mere humans. This is, this is where preachers have failed us. This is where pastors and organized churches have failed us. Now, don't get thick-headed like, like some of the people that have been bewitched by the devil to think that I, I don't need organized religion. I, I'm into God, but not into, you know, church. Listen, God, if you're talking about the God of the Bible, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who became flesh and dwelt among us, who lived a perfect life, died on a cruel Roman cross, was crucified, buried, and rose on the third day. If you're talking about that God, he is the one who organized religion. And Jesus was in church all the time. So if, if, if you, if you want to be a Christian, uh, you can't just say, well, you know, bump church uh, because it's not helping me. But the reality is churches have offered the wrong type of help too long by pedestalizing their preacher. Too, too many churches have their preacher on a pedestal like, oh, I go, I go to Apostle Bobo's church. If Apostle Bobo owns a church, no one should go to it because human beings cannot own the church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. All real Christian churches belong to the Lord. So it, it, it blows my mind. Some of y'all been in church long enough. You've been around uh, hear, hearing enough stories long enough to where you can remember big-time preachers who got exposed and outed. Uh, whether it was Jimmy Swaggart on the front page of the paper, crying tears in the big uh, line under, I have sinned. Well, sure you have, but that doesn't mean you've got to stand up there and blubber like an idiot and, and make everybody mad at you. If you think the preacher doesn't sin, i got a newsflash for you. You don't know the preacher. Well, maybe we need a new Well, get a new one. Him, her. They, them, Zim's there, whoever, they send to. We, we, we've, got, we've got it so wrong to where pastors are so ego-driven and so narcissistic and so determined that there's all that in a bag of chips that they actually convince people to look to them as the standard. That's why I tell you all the time, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner like you. I need help like you. I'm in my process just like you. Don't look at me. Jesus is the standard, not me. It blows me back, all these people that, that, that quit. That's, when Jimmy Swaggart had his outing, so many people quit because at that time he was the number one broadcast voice in the world for Christianity. He was on more TV stations and more radio stations than any human being had ever been on for the gospel at that time. And a lot of people are like, if, if you can't trust Jimmy Swaggart, I just give up on the whole thing. 1,189 chapters in that Bible. Show me the chapter that tells us we should trust a human being or give up on Jehovah altogether. It doesn't exist. Stop putting your trust in people more than God. Because when you trust, when you rely on human strength, you're turning away from the one real source that can help you, and that's God. God is better than a preacher. can't put our trust in people, uh, our ability, or things un unless we don't really care about success. And in, uh, in verse 2, 
the Psalm 121 says, my help comes from the Lord, comma. I've told you, pay attention to the punctuation. That comma gives you cause to what? Cause to pause. My help comes from the Lord, comma. Stop and think about that. Does your help, now see, the psalmist's help definitely came from the Lord because he said that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and we know it's true. The psalmist's help came from the Lord, and I want you to think, don't answer out loud because some of y'all are going to say my mama, but where do you get your help from? Well, my family, my friends, my, my, my network. Oh, that's big in 2023. Um, my, my, my people have all this Hope to get help, but true help for the Christian comes from the Lord. Not just any old Lord, but the Lord who made heaven and earth. When, when, if you told me my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, I'm like, well, checkmate. we're all done. You, you got all that you need. But the problem is people don't want to lean on the Lord. Why? Can't touch him. Can't see him. Sometimes you can't feel him. Sometimes you can't hear him. Sometimes, imagine this, you have to believe in something you can't see. Well, that's what faith is, and everything about Christianity is a by-faith religion. So we got to learn how to transition from uh, resources that we can see, touch, feel, and hear into things that don't. But if you tell me you got God on your side, uh, you win. No sense in even messing with that. As, as I was thinking about sharing this with you guys this morning, it made me think about Deacon West. Wait, raise your hand. Wave it, everybody, Deacon West, so they know who you are. Uh, so that the story will be believable. We'll just stand up and wave it. Everybody look at Deacon West so the story will be believable. Okay, now there you go. Uh, when, when I tell you everybody can't be six foot tall, 225 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, I'm thinking about him. When, when I tell you somebody's got to be five foot nine and a half and cuddly, I'm thinking about me. When I tell you somebody's were made to be in the gym, I'm thinking about him. When I tell you somebody's are just good on the couch, thinking about me. <laughs> but but I, I had him stand up so you could look at him so, so you'd believe the story. The story is true. Now, I've told you many times, preachers will lie, but this ain't a lie. This is the truth. Deegan West and I have played two-on-two basketball against dozens, dozens of people. Yes or no, Deegan? Just tons, maybe, maybe, maybe even more than that. We just line them up, knock them down. Line them up, knock them down. Just beat them to death. Now, here's the reality. Uh, now, the Army says that I'm 5'10", but, you know, broke my back a couple times with my neck. Everything I keep getting injured in, making me shorter. So, uh, I, I, I may be 5'9 and a half. Or not. But if you're a man that thinks you're 5'9", come stand next to me and you'll tell me that I'm six foot. But regardless, my, I, I'm not built to be a basketball dominator. I'm built for comfort on the couch. I'm really good with a remote control. Um, am I vertical? You know, basketball players need to have a good vertical. I mean, if you've if you got a 40-inch vertical, um, that, that means you can jump extremely well. Um, I would personally be happy right now at this point in my life with a four-inch vertical because it might be less. Uh, and so for me to say, whoo, man, uh, we just go out there and mop the court up. We do go out there and mop the court up with them, but one part of that we is doing most of the mopping. 
Are you following? Do I need to explain? Uh, if, if you say, Pastor Scott, I just don't believe you're all that when it comes to basketball. Uh, me, me, and my, me and my buddy like to get you in a, uh, okay, we, we're good with that. Don't pair me up with Elder Jimmy. I'm not, I'm not going for that. Uh, don't, don't pair me up with Deacon Ken. Raise your hand, Deacon Ken. I love Deacon Ken, but don't, don't, don't try to pair me up with him. But if you let me pick where my help comes from, you can't move big. Listen, if they call you Big West, you probably are a little bit bigger and stronger than they are. You can't move Big West off the block. You can't back him down. You can't stop his shot. He, he can run through you, jump over you, strip the ball. Listen, so when we play, I'm like, we're going to win. Well, you're pretty confident for a guy that's not even six foot tall. I said, we're going to win. Because I, I know where my help's coming from on this, and I know you can't beat Henry West in basketball. We just dominate. We, we have played play to 11 by ones and twos. We've won 11 nothing a bunch, a bunch. You're like, well, Pastor, how many of those points did you score? It's not the point. It's not the point. I have scored occasionally. Because honestly, if you play me and Deacon West in a game of two-on-two basketball, it's not going to take you long. It, you, it usually takes people longer than it should before they wake up and realize it's eight to nothing, and he scored all the points. And then they get smart. They just double-team him. Now it's two-on-one, and I'm just like, here's the basket right here. And then they're like, oh, well, that strategy won't work either because a little guy can make a layup. We win, but I don't really have to do anything other than trust that if I – see, I'm, I'm, I'm the full-time – some of y'all real athletes, y'all, y'all played uh, park ball. You were like – you remember Jimmy people who would be full-time quarterback? They'd push quarterback both ways because they were the best arm out there and it gave them the, the best game. Uh, I am full-time inbounder. That's what I do. That's my, that's my role. I'm just like, well, you know, you're like, well, he scores all the points. What do you? I I make all the assists. Not real assists because a real assist you're supposed to take less less than two dribbles and two steps. Uh, I inbound the ball, and we win. What am I telling you? You better get your help from the right person. And how do you know if you're getting it from the right place or the right person? Are you winning? Are you winning? Do you really feel like you've just dominated 2023? Like, 2023 has been your year. You're just more, more sanctified. You just, you're winning more people to Christ. You're giving more. You're, you're living right, giving right, doing right, acting right, being right, serving right, worshiping right. Or do you realize you need help? Mm, I'm going somewhere with that. See, I told you I don't have to do much but, but uh, make sure who, whose team I'm on and let him take most of the shots, and I came here today to tell you, if you're saved, you're on God's team. You need to let him start taking most of the shots. Because if we got up, let's say me and Deacon West, we got up, typical, you know, nobody, nobody scores within the first three or four times that we slash he scores. And when, 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 it, when it gets to be about uh, four to, to nothing, they, they start realizing we're not winning this thing. We, be, we better change up. How long is it going to take you to realize you need to change up? 
How long is it going to take you to finally be honest and say, you know what, I'm not getting as far ahead in life as I wanted to. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not growing spiritually as much as I want to. I'm not growing financially as much as I want to. I'm not growing emotionally as much as I want to. Let me tell you something. Let somebody else start shooting the ball. Because I never, I, never I never shoot the ball in, in, until we got at least a six, eight-point lead. Because we, we're not, I'm not out there to lose. But all I have to do is be on the right team, and cheer on the one who I know can take me to victory. And I promise you, if you're a Christian, you've got somebody who can take you to victory. You just need to start cheering him on. But we look, we look at all different types of stuff. We, we don't always isolate. Now, if it's two-on-two basketball, I know who I'm going to. If I need a fence built, I know who I'm going to. If I, if I need somebody to sell me a house, I, we've got people that can do some of everything at Abundant Life. But when it comes to my spiritual progress and my overall life, no one can help me like the Lord. And I want you to consider this morning, do you believe that God's help is the best? Do you believe that God, first you'd have to believe that he's real. That's a stumbling block for some people. They haven't come to that, to, to that realization yet. But if you know that God is real and you call yourself a Christian, you need to start believing God's help is better than the government's help. Three people said amen. One person said preach it. Um, <laughs> Thankfully unto God, this ain't going to happen today. But what if I told you, I'm going to pray over you today. Me and the elders of the church are going to pray over you. God's going to anoint you to do great and mighty things, but you got to give up your food stamps. <laughs> With no amen in that crowd. Um, listen, I thank God nobody's going to make you give up your food stamps to trust in the Lord. But it is sad to me as a Christian pastor to see that most people, and it doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, Independent, I already told you I don't trust none of them. They're all a bunch of professional wrestlers. They're all rich, and they don't know what it's like to live on the west side of Jacksonville and struggle to pay rent. They represent us. They come into uh, the same neighborhoods every four years and make promises to poor people that everything's going to get better if we elect them, and then four years go by, and what got better? And we vote for them again. Hey, vote for who you want to. I, I, I think it's, I, I don't trust any of them. All of my trust is in God, but it's shocking. Republican, Democrat, red, yellow, black, white, people today seem so willing to trust the government to help them out. And I want to tell you something. Governments rise and fall, but God reigns forever. Yeah, Pastor, but this is America. America ain't got no special place in God. The only country that's got a special place in God is Israel. America's not even in the Bible. But then again, neither is Dr. Pepper, and I get in, you know, when I can. Doesn't mean it's not real because it's not in the Bible. America is part of God's earth, but people think, oh, well, you know, the government, listen, the government's not going to bail you out. Well, my friends will. Uh, the Bible says he who gives gifts has many friends. You, you, know, you know how we say that on, on 103rd Street? 
a friend with weed is a friend. Yeah. I mean, go ahead and stop having something. Now, I don't believe all y'all smoke weed. At least not on this side of the room. <laughs> it's okay. It's going to be over eventually. I'm going to have to use the bathroom in an hour or two. <laughs> it ain't going to take that long. Listen, your friends, how, how many of y'all know when you don't have nothing and you need something, friends are harder to find when you're the one passing everything out. People turn to the government. People, people turn to their friends. Pe- people trust in their own money. Uh, we, we, as human beings, the, 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 the enemy has has positioned our minds to trust everything else but the Lord until everything else fails. And we say stuff like, well, I tried everything else. I guess I ought to pray. Well, I can't do anything for you, so I'll just pray for you. If you understood how powerful God is and how powerful prayer is, you'd start with prayer and you wouldn't need to finish with anything else. I mean, if, if we stood up, if you're like, Pastor, y'all, you've been talking that basketball smack too long now. Uh, if, we, if you decided uh, you wanted to pick your second and, and, and go second, listen, as long as I get to pick first. I'm comfortable with that. As long, long as I get to pick first. You get any, any two people in this room, you just let me pick first. Listen, if you start with God, doesn't matter who else everybody else picks. Doesn't matter what else comes at you. It's, we got to get past these cliches. Oh, if God is for us, who can be against us? Well, why are you so stressed out? God said he'll never leave you or forsake you. Then why are you so stressed out? We, t- we typically don't even get God on the main line until we've tried other stuff. We exhaust all of our means and resources. We, 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 we pull on every thread we can pull on until nothing works. And then we, that's why some theologians call it spare tire praying. Now, I don't believe anybody in this room uh, took their spare tire out of their vehicle this week and arm rolled it. Don't believe it. I don't believe anybody in this room took the spare tire out of their vehicle and polished the, 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 fat, the, the bad wheel. Y'all know them spare tires don't come with good rims. Get you some real rims. But uh, you, you don't polish up the rim on your spare tire. Why? Because you never think about it until you have a flat. And sadly, that's how most people are about the Lord. They turn to God only in case of emergency. So, so what do people turn to? Well, I can tell you what I've turned to. Uh, most of my life. It's just hard work. My mama taught me. My mama's the hardest work. Wave it, everybody, mama. My mama is the hardest working woman you ever meet in your life. My mama lives off work ethic. My mama uh, will tell you uh, about growing up on a cotton farm, uh, being held out of school because it was harvest time to pick cotton. She'll tell you about living in a shack with holes in the floor so wide you could see the snakes crawling under the house. she tell you about living in a house without electricity and running water and having to go down to the barn to, to do business. How many of y'all know if, 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 well, I'll just say for me, if I had to walk down to the barn to do business, y'all get tired of what it smelled like right outside the front door. Some of y'all like, the front door? I'm going to say it just to say it so some of y'all can have a reason to be mad. 
there is the, the best pie in the world, okay? It, it, ha- it has a nut in it. It has a bunch of brown sugar and, uh, and gooey brown stuff in it. Um, and it, 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 uh, it, it, there's lots of trees in North Florida that the nut grows on. It's called a what? Thank you. Pecan, pecan. Now, me personally, because I'm a southern gentleman, I know how to speak. So I say pecan. Yeah, pecan. Now, we got the pecaners over here. It's pecan. Can you, can, 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 uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Can you read or can you read? I can read. Uh Uh-huh, you spell con, C-O-N. You spell can, C-A-N. I'm just trying to help somebody. But, see, being belligerent in the back. She's my favorite, so I mess with her. She's trying to steal the punchline. See, because you know what pecaners will tell you? What she just said. Ain't no pecan. Ain't no pecan. That's a pecan. A pecan is something you put under your bed at night. Anywho, my mama didn't have, they, I don't know if they had a pecan, but I, I, I know she grew up hard. She's saying, yes, we did. It get cold in Louisiana. She grew up on hard work. She worked hard her whole life um, as a child, as an adult, taught our family the value of hard work. So I grew up one of those people believing the cliche that hard work beats talent. Let me tell you, that's a lie. Hard work beats lazy talent, but hard work don't beat talent that works hard. You'd be, you be less talented and think you're going to beat Usain Bolt in a, in a foot race because you're going to outwork him. Uh, he can show up on a bad day. You, 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 you think, well, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to beat Mike Tyson up in a boxing match. No, you're not. Not at 60. Now, he come out right now and beat up everybody in this room. No matter how hard you work. Listen, hard work helps, but it's not the answer for everything. So books, seminars, people who want to try to tell us what we should think and how we should live, they've been pushing this for the last 50 years. PMA. Somebody tell me what a PMA is. Positive mental attitude. Oh, if you can believe it, you can receive it. Just visualize it. Get a, get a vision board. Just take a picture of, of, of that Bentley and put it on your refrigerator right next to a mansion on an ocean and just see it, see it, speak it into existence. Listen, uh, there's, there's, there's a problem with that. You ready? It don't work. Go ahead and put it on your refrigerator and tell me when it jumps into your, into your parking lot. Go, go ahead. Go ahead and start speaking it all the... I said something the other day. Church member said, oh, pastor, don't say that. So what do you think I did? Yeah. <laughs> I said it again. More, more dramatically. And they're like, oh, Jesus, no. Why, why, why would you speak that? I'm like, you think it's going to happen? Oh, you shouldn't release it into the universe. Listen, get off voodoo. That's witchcraft. You say, well, Pastor Bobo teaches that you can claim it. 
Name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, speak it into existence, declare and I declare and I decree nothing but money for me. Uh, you can say that until your teeth fall out. And keep checking your online banking, it's going to say the same thing. You can call, you, I'm telling you, you can call that Chevy a Mercedes all you want to. It's still going to be a, Mercedes, a Chevy. You said, not me. I'm, my, my declarations work. I declare and I decree health, wealth, prosperity for me. Okay, well, keep living, and you're going to find out, one, there's nowhere in the Bible did Jesus say, uh, speak money into existence. Nowhere in the Bible did Jesus say, speak ease and peace and grease into existence. The, the Bible says you're going to have trouble your whole life. You better learn how to depend on God because he'll be the one to rescue you, pick you up, and set your feet on a solid rock. We, we turn to all these things, even inside the church, but none of that help can compare to the help that we can receive from the Lord. In verse 3 of Psalm 121, the Bible says, He, being God, will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Now, God has revealed himself to us in many ways, but the primary way that he's revealed himself to mankind is as a father who loves his children. And here's the reality. If daddy's got you, you shouldn't have to worry if you trust daddy. When you don't trust daddy, that's when, that's when trouble comes your way. And just like natural children, spiritual children can get just as flaky. See, when you first get saved, you come to the Lord and you give him everything you are and take on everything that he is, and you get peace that fills you like you've never had before. You get cleaned up by the washing of the water of the word, and you have no shame and no stain anymore. You feel accepted by God for the first time. And then you depend on him, and, and you got that childlike faith the Bible talks about that tells you, my daddy can beat your daddy up. My kids used to say that all the time, and every now and then I'd be like, they're just playing. But let me get my gun. We, we think that when we come to God. God's everything. Oh, the sun shines brighter because my God made the sunshine. The rain is more helpful because God made the... And, but then as we grow up, we turn into that, that preteen. Uh, we, we, we turn into that uh, young teenager who starts, I don't need you. You treat me like I'm a child. Uh, you are a child. Well, you, you don't trust me. No, I don't. And, we, and we, we start looking at God the way teenagers look at their parents, like they don't need us as much as they did when they were little. And then moms take that hard. Dads are like, woo, praise the Lord. Make, pay your own insurance, boy. Their cell phone's on you. My, moms are like, I just, I just, I'm so sad. I just don't feel like my baby needs me like she used to. Rejoice on that. Throw a party on that. Rent their room out so they don't move back in. I'm telling you, have fun with it. But look to God as a loving father who won't let you stumble. If, if you tell me, uh, I've been in some sketchy places. Deacon West and I have flown some places together, and I, I've been in some situations, but I always know. And I, I, sometimes I'll lean in. I'll be like, you're old, son. You still got it. 
I don't even know if you know what you've said for the last 15 years. Every time I've asked you that, you've given the same answer, but on, on the spot, you probably don't even know what it is. <laughs> That's it. He's like, oh, I still got three good moves, Pastor. I'm like, all right, long as you got it, I ain't going to sweat it uh, because I know I'm with somebody. Listen, this, this is a ghetto expression, uh, and you got to get it uh, because ghettoisms will save your life. If you know who's got you and you got the right person that's got you, you shouldn't have to worry about nothing because if the right person's got you, you've been had. And nothing can bother you. We've got God on our side. Why do Christians worry so much? Because when we look for help in other places, we've already seen, God says that's us turning away from him. That is us turning away from him. But God makes a promise when he says he won't let you stumble and he won't slumber. God's not going to fall asleep on watch duty and let your world burn down if you're trusting him in psalm 121 4 the bible says indeed for real for real that's that's the west side speak uh for real he who watches over israel never slumbers you're not gonna catch god napping because he doesn't nap he doesn't sleep god is always on watch he is diligent he is better than we are to our children and some of you good parents would give your everything not just your last your last and everybody's last you had to steal from to take care of your child and you need to understand god loves us better than we could ever love our own kids and we need to learn how to trust in god he he's he's watching us he, he's, this is why some people that have been around Christ, uh, they, they've learned how to get inspiration from biblically-based songs, like they, the great song that says, His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. God says he looks at the, the, the least things, and he said a leaf doesn't fall to the ground without him taking notice of it. There's nothing that this world can do to you if you're leaning on God, that he's not there to help you in that. Now, some of you say, well, he didn't help me. Well, you probably were looking for other means. You probably weren't trusting him right. Because if we do our part, God always does his part. In verse 5 of Psalm 121, the Bible says, the Lord himself watches over you, exclamation point. What that exclamation point means is, um, strip down naked, run around your house screaming hallelujah, and send all your money to the church. Or whatever you do when you get excited. But an exclamation point ought, ought to show some emphasis, and when the word emphasizes that God himself watches over you, you ought to feel pretty good about that. You ought to know I've got the one true God watching over me. He stands beside me. I can hide under the shadow of his wing, he gives me shade for my distress. In 2 Chronicles 20, 15, the Bible tells us, Do not be afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. If you don't understand anything before you leave here today, understand this. The battles that you are facing are better off left in God's hands because he can win the battle better than we can. But if you want to do the fighting, 
I mean, if we're sitting in an airport and three sketchy dudes walk up to me and tell me, give me all your money, and Deacon West goes like this and says, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, no, son, I got this. Go, 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 go buy a hamburger. And I tell him to leave me alone with these three sketchy dudes by myself. It, 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 it could go real bad right then. I should have just sat back and said, yeah, y'all picked the wrong one. Y'all didn't know who y'all thought y'all were going to fight me. But I don't fight my battles. I leave that up to more competent people. Unless you try me real hard right now, you might catch some. Depends. But we've got to understand God decided he will fight our battles for us. And when God starts fighting your battles, you can breathe better. When God starts fighting your battles, you can rejoice more. You can be more comfortable in your own existence. 1 Samuel 17, 47 says, the battle is the Lord's. If you ever start realizing that everything that wars against you, you've got a God who will fight that battle for you, you could put your sword down and just start rejoicing, and you could go from being uh, the broken down, struggling to fight your own battles warrior to the cheerleader who is cheering on the one true God as he walks you into victory after victory after victory. The Bible says that we should give Thanks unto God who always gives us the victory in Christ. Now, see, it's those last two words that the whole thing hinges on, in Christ. Now, if you try to get the victory on your own, you might, you might not. But if you rest in Christ, God's always going to give you the victory. Romans 8.37 says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him That loved us. Hear these four words, and you're going to have enough to live on. This is if you're a Christian. We win through him. We win through him. You need help in your finances? You can win financially through him. You need help in your relationships? You can win in your relationships through him. You need help help in your health? You can win through him. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's the only tennis shoe that's in the Bible, by the way. All you Nike haters. That, that, that word more than conquerors, that word conqueror is the Greek word Nike. And more than conqueror means hooper Nike or super Nike. So somebody knew what they were doing when they named that company and expected it to be the biggest shoe company in the history of the world. But that is how we conquer through him. Say through him. God wants us to rest in him. In Philippians 2.13, the Bible says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's the design. So many times we don't allow that to happen. What you accomplished this week, was that you doing it or was that God working in you? What you need to accomplish for the rest of this year, is that going to be done on your strength or is that going to be done through God who is working in you? Because when God starts doing the work, listen, the load's a lot lighter. And we need to learn how to get God involved in our process. So here's how we do it. Number one, stop fighting your own battles all the time. Some of y'all just love to battle. Some of y'all just, just, just love to, to, to have some type of drama going on. Listen, you can fight your own battles or you can let God fight for you. 
But if you fight for you, your victory is not assured. That, that, that'd be like if, 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 if me and Elder Jimmy played Deacon West and Elder Keon in two-on-two basketball, the victory is not assured. Now, if I threaten them with their jobs, then, you know. <laughs> but you got to stop fighting your own battles. I love Psalm 20, verse 7. Listen to this verse. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. In that day and age, chariots and horses were instruments of war. Whichever side had the most horses was going to win unless the other side had the same amount of horses and more chariots. These were the nuclear weapons of Old Testament times. This was the battle winners. They roll up. You're out there with a couple of sticks and pitchforks and a, and a, a tree limb for a club in your hand, and King Leonidas shows up with, with uh, a thousand horses and a thousand chariots. You got trouble. Why? Because they're instruments of winning a war. But there's an alternative for we, say we. Now, mostly when the Bible talks about we, it's talking about Christians, some exceptions, but typically we and us talking about Christians, they and them talking about non-Christians. Christians remember the name of, listen, I don't need any other help if God is fighting for me because God always wins. And you need to get it in your mind. See, the problem is we don't believe that. Well, what about Pastor so-and-so? I heard he blah, blah. Listen, you're, you're talking about humans. I'm talking about God. Get this in your mind. God, uh, let's say it together. God always wins. God always say it again. God wins. Listen, I don't advocate Reverend Ike because Reverend Ike was a liar, but he did say some true things in his life. Y'all, y'all, unless you're really old and, and grew up on the streets, you don't even know who Reverend Ike is, but he wore full-length mink coats and drove nice cars and, and, and pitched a con man's religion. And, but he, he said one thing that was true when he was talking about God. He said, I count on the Lord, and I can't lose with what I use. I can't lose with what I use. And I'm going to tell you something. If you've got God on the main line, And if you're letting God do the battles and you're just sitting back cheering him on and you take your hands off and you stop fighting your own battles and you just say, go, God, go, God, go, God, I'm going to tell you, you can't lose with what you use because God always wins. Well, he ain't winning for me, Reverend. Well, stop fighting your own battle. Get out of your own way. Stop, Stop causing all that drama and let God have his way in it. Not only that, but secondly, you need to stop trying to win all the time. See, God wants you to win at what he wants you to win. But when you want to win at stuff you don't have no business doing, that's a conflict. It's like a parent. A parent wants their child to be successful, but not on on a pole. Y'all didn't understand what I meant. <laughs> Ray knew what I was talking about. You got me. Parents want their children to be successful, but I doubt the average mother or father wants their daughter to grow up to be, you know, the, the, the most successful stripper between here and, and New Jersey. We want our sons to win in life, but not in drug dealing. 
Some of y'all are like, no, no, we might get to tithe up. <laughs> True story. A pastor friend of mine passed the largest church on Edgewood Boulevard. He, he testified from, from the pulpit. Uh, only reason they got everything that they got is they got the, two of the biggest drug dealers on the north side paying tithes off all that drugs. <laughs> Facts. Ask me who it is after church. I'll tell you. Facts. <laughs> but normal people don't want their children to win at dirt. And God does not want you to win at dirt either. God wants you to stop trying to win all the time in places where you got no business being. You shouldn't even be there playing that game. You shouldn't be even be involved in that kind of drama, much less winning. So you got to stop trying to win all the time and know where the battle should be. And if, if it's just all about winning for you, um, that's trouble because James 4, 6 says God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Start being more humble. Take your hand off stuff and let the Lord have his way. Take your, you don't have to make every decision. You can trust God to do stuff. And here's the problem. Most people have never put him in that position of trust, so they don't understand how it works. It works if you work it. Third thing we need to do, we need to believe that the Bible is true and that God is our source. This book is not like any other book. This book declares itself to be a living book. It declares itself to be the revelation of God for us. This uh, inspired means God breathed. This book has been breathed out by the man. Well, man wrote the Bible. Uh, no, man moved the pen. God wrote the Bible. If I tell you to write down these words, they're still my words. Just because you moved the pen don't mean they're your words. And we need to believe that the Bible is true. Our, our text says that our help comes from the Lord. David knew this. In Psalm 23, David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't have any need that God can't fix. And if you ever get to the place where you realize that God is all you have, you will definitely understand that God is all you need. God is better than help from people. God is better than help from government. God is better than help from money. But as long as you're content to dip in all those other places, God's just going to sit back and say, Do you, champ? Go on with your bad self. Knock it out. Then, then it comes around. Uh, the, the best thing a preacher can say, I stole this from Dr. Phil. I don't believe in Dr. Phil, but I did steal this from him. Somebody will tell me, well, you know, I've been this, 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 and this. And if you've ever watched Dr. Phil, he hits them right in the mouth with this one question. So how's that working out for you? <laughs> How is your life working out for you right now? Get away from the I'm blessed and highly favored uh, if that's not really how you're feeling right now. Because most of us are going through stuff. Most of us are going through a bunch of stuff. Death, loss, pain, struggle. We just got to do number four, and this is my last point, and I'll be done. We need to learn to wait on God. Oh, it's so hard. It, it, it is so hard. It is so hard. You want to see, especially hard on a man. I, I've never been a woman, can't identify as one. Uh, if I wanted to, wouldn't want to. But if I did, I can't be a woman. Uh, I, I, I can't say I, I identify as a woman today and be a woman no more than I can say I identify as six foot three and be six foot three. It, just, it, it is what it is, and it ain't what it ain't. But most people don't wait on God because they're busy trying to handle it themselves. They're like, nah, I got this. Well, do you, champ? Go ahead. Jump on in there. 
And when you get tired of it, 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 it it's, I told you, women, you can prove this on a man. Go ahead and buy some little piece of cheap something from Ikea, Walmart. Go ahead and get your bookshelf from Walmart. It's not going to be a good bookshelf, let me tell you that right up front. You ain't getting a good bookshelf for $20. Um, but it's going to have 4,000 pieces in it. And it's going to have a, a telephone book of instructions. Buy that, put it right in your bedroom, and tell your husband, hey, uh, I want you to help me put that together when we get home. He'll say, okay, bet, we'll do that. And he'll say, hey, look, don't do it by yourself. I want to, guess what he's going to do while you're gone? Oh, he's going to do it. Why? Because men don't need nobody to wait on for help. They're going to do it. Guess, guess what's going to happen, though? It ain't going to be right. <laughs> going to lean a little to the left, and if he's smart, he's going to be like, most, most famous tower in the world leans that way. The best artwork in the world, leaning tower of Pisa, your bookshelf can lean. Well, what about these nine pieces left over? Oh, they always add extra. Most men grew up under a philosophy, you can fix everything with a hammer. You think I'm kidding? I, hey, if you're old enough, you saw a man walk up to the side of a TV and smack the TV, hit it hard enough, it'll fix. Radio not working, punch it. Steering wheel rattling, hit it real hard. The rattle moved to the back. That's just man 101. I'll, what's that? Yeah, just bang on it. Just, just force it to work. Listen, that's not going to help in the deeper issues of life. When, women are just like, so, some women, well, I just need to think about it for a while. Listen, you ain't going to figure it out either. The deep problems of life need God. And the only way we're going to get God's help is if we stop what we're doing. That, that blonde-haired girl made a million, $100 million, however many billions of dollars she made on Jesus take the wheel. What were you doing with the wheel in the first place, Christian? What kind of world do you live in where you're driving and telling Jesus where you're going? That's not Christianity. God is my co-pilot. Not if you're saved. God's your pilot and your airplane. Man, get in your first-class seat and take a nap. God has it under control, but we got to take our hand off the wheel for him to show up and fight for us. Let me close with one last verse. And I've been on this verse all week because I need it so much. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I wonder who he's talking to there. I really don't. I already know. All of us. Well, I'm not heavy laden. Sure you are. You've just been under the grind so long, you ain't lifted up your head up long enough to look around and see how, how buried you are. Here, here's, the, here's the human way of trying to get out of a jam. You feel like you're stuck in a hole? You just take a shovel and start digging deeper. I'll dig my way. You can't dig your way out of a hole. Well, I'll dig to the other side. You can't, listen, granddaddy lied to you. You can't dig to China. Don't work that way. You ain't going to dig straight down 103rd Street and end up in China. You got to go to somebody that can carry that load for you. And as long as you're content to carry your own load, 
God will let you. But if you ever get to the place where you can say, like the great songwriter said, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. See, we come to God in spurts. Tragedy happens. Everybody wants us to have a prayer night. I remember, the, the only way I know 9-11 was a Tuesday was because we had church six nights a week when we started this church in 2001. And, and when 9-11 hit, it was a Tuesday. And that was the only night we weren't having church that week. But everybody was calling me at the house. We need to meet at the church and pray tonight, Pastor. I'm like, okay, let's meet at the church and pray. But why don't we meet at the church and pray before disasters happen? Why don't we hold on to the Lord before it hits the fan? Because I told you before, you're in one of three places in life forever. You're either right in the middle of a storm, you're just coming out of a storm, or you're getting ready to go into your next storm. And the choice is up to you. You can do it on your own, or you can let the Lord fight your battles. I can tell you this. It turns out better if you let the Lord do it. Because he is the all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful God. And he said this, whatever your dilemma is, whatever you're going through, he said, nothing is hard for me. It's not hard for God. He said, nothing is impossible. You, you, if you live long enough, you're going to face some impossible situations. You're going to face some situations that, that rattle you to your core. But are you going to hand it over to God? That's very difficult because most people want, want to jump in there and fix it them, themselves. But Jesus said, just come to me. You got all those burdens. You're working so hard. Just let me let you rest, and I'll fight for you. But you got to lay, you, you lay your weapons down. You got to lay your pride down. You got to lay your I can do it down. You got to lay your I'll just keep trying until I figure it out down. And you've got to make this confession of humility that says, I can't, but I know that my God can. And I want to see you let God get involved in your life. Let him get involved in your finances. Let him get involved in your relationships. Let him get involved in your spirituality. Let him get involved in your daily thought process. Because when you've got God with you, nothing else can stop you. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love and your goodness, God. I thank you for being on our side. God, I thank you that you war on our behalf. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would give comfort to the hurting today and let each one of us know how much you love us. You proved your love by sending Jesus to the cross, God. Let us never forget that. Let us never forget that you did for us what we can't do for ourselves. And God, I pray that you would help me to turn all my battles over to you because you're better than I am. You're stronger than I am. You're more capable than I am. You can always win when I can't. And so, God, thank you for taking our battles. Thank you, God, for loving us the way that you do. I pray that you'd help us to depend on you. Teach us to lean on you. Teach us to cheer you on through all of life's battles. In Jesus' name, amen. Above dead or
Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.